Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers-Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Claire Aldenheisen of Cornerstone Center for the Arts. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. What they have coming up? A virtual lunch and learn. Another virtual, virtual lunch and learn. Virtual lunch and learn. Yes, this is October 21st. Coming up quick. Coming up quick from 1130 to 1. But it's all virtual, so you can eat your lunch at your computer if you want to. But don't eat your computer. Well, no. I don't think that would taste very good, first of all, right? It might give you virtual hiccups. Maybe. Give anyway. <laughs> terrible all right this one is entitled leading through adversity this will be an interactive session in which participants learn what it takes to see themselves and those they lead through adversity together we will identify realistic and difficult situations in the workplace that are defined by uncertainty and anxiety which include but are not limited to financial difficulty rebuilding culture launching new processes or product lines and change in leadership or other organizational changes now, who's putting this one on? This one is presented by Jonathan Jones. He is the executive director of Motivate Our Minds. I've met that guy. I have too. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. It's going to be a great presentation. Virtual. Virtual. Thursday, October 21st from 1130 to 1. Learn more at com. Today in the studio, we have Claire, Director of Education at Cornerstone Center for the Arts. Welcome. Thank you. This is so exciting. Exactly. <laughs> so I only I only know you as, it's me, Claire, because uh, that's how you introduce yourself, which is great. I love it. It's great branding. Um, but what is your last name? Because no one can ever say it. It is Alden Heisen. It is Dutch. It means old house. Okay. It has 11 letters and nobody can pronounce it. Okay. <laughs> So how was that in like first grade having to like learn how to like spell your last name? Well, fun fact, it's actually my adoptive last name. Oh, and okay. so um, I was about 14 when I got this last name. And so I had a lot of time to uh, practice spelling it and uh, doing my signature. I was very proud of that. Okay, interesting. <laughs> cool. Well, tell us about your role over there at Cornerstone for the Arts. Okay, so I am director of education over there, and so I lead a department of myself and my education coordinator, and sometimes some interns if I don't scare them off. <laughs> <laughs> but I also manage our um, faculty of about 19 or 20 teaching artists. That's what we call our teachers over there, and um, they are so talented. We have some incredibly amazing people over there. We have martial artists, we have traditional media artists, we have digital Oh my gosh, so many cool people. <laughs> <laughs> so you oversee kind of all of all of yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like the principal. Okay, <laughs> all right, nice. <laughs> now, our most recent interaction, Audia, went both times to yes. uh, both... Um, Summer arts camps. Exactly. And yeah. she 
loved it. She loved it. Loved it. Now she was scared at the beginning because she she's first she said she wanted to go, and then I'm like, all right, you're signed up, we're going. And then she like cried and didn't want to go because mm-hmm. uh, she was scared she wasn't gonna know anybody and yeah. it was gonna be new and different. And that's cool, I understand that. But then she went and she's like, I love it. When can I go back? Can I go every day? <laughs> so she absolutely loved it, and she got you guys told her about these markers. What are these markers that we have? Oh, I had to order them online and they're like only have Chinese writing all over them. (laughs) (laughs) They're Poscas. Is that what they're called? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Leon, one of our um, teaching artists, he is our uh, anime and manga and also street art teaching artist. And so he uses very specific media for his classes and he is big time supporter of Posca markers. He loves them. (laughs) Well, Audia now loves them. And I was like, she kept saying it. I'm like, what the heck are you saying? Pos- I'm, like, I'm like, Pascas? Pasta? You want pasta? me to buy you pasta? What? We have pasta. She's like, no, Pascas markers. So now we have mom? them, and she loves them, and I have broadened my horizons, and I know what they are now. <laughs> she is also taking up uh, violin yes. through the Youth Symphony Orchestra, but that oh, was because yeah. she was exposed to it at the summer camp. Yeah. Unfortunately, Audio was one of the only kids who really took to it. <laughs> and so I'm not sure if we're going to be doing violins again in the future, which really bums me out because the kids that did like it loved it. And the kids that didn't like it were playing on their phones. Well, uh, <laughs> I could see that. But she was like super down with it. I'm like, all right, That's good. awesome. Excellent. That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> now, I take it you're not a Munsonian. So where, where is, where did you come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she just found her way here. Somehow. I just kind of like appeared one day out of the ether. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we've been uh, we've been enjoying it ever since. But. No, um, I was born and raised in California. Okay. And um, I lived most of my life there. One of my my claims to fame is that I've been to Disneyland over a hundred times. Oh god. Really? Like I went there all the time as a kid. Like that was our vacation. So did you live close to there? No. Oh, okay. No. We we're we're in Cal- where in um, California did you uh, live? the Bay Area. So up oh, in okay. San Francisco area. So we'd take like an eight hour road trip, go down to Disneyland. That's cool. That's fine. And so I went to my undergrad at CSU Chico, which is a little bit north of Sacramento, the st- state capital. And I got my bachelor's in religious studies there because I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you two have something in common then. Well, I well I went to school for church music, so. You know. Oh, see, that is, that <laughs> <Yes>. is similar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really use it anymore. I bet you take the, you took went, the same Bible classes. I oh, bet you. Me, I don't know. No, mine were mine were different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I accidentally lived overseas for a time. That's a story okay. for another day. Okay, but, um, okay. Where did you live overseas? I lived in Ankara, Turkey, which okay. is the capital. People think Istanbul is the capital, but it's actually Ankara. It's kind of in central Turkey. It's a really cool place. That's where all of like the um, international consulates are and stuff like that. Very cool place. I really enjoyed that. And then I lived in Seattle, where I got my first master's degree in museology, which is not musicology. It has nothing to do with music. Museum studies. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, okay, okay. I wondered. Okay, I, I have to do like a lot of explaining. Like first my name, and then what I studied. <laughs> I'm just kind of used to it at this point. <laughs> okay, all so, right. So what drew you to that? To museums? Yes. I I grew up loving museums. I was a big nerdy kid. I loved history. You know, I was in that era of like loving Egypt and ancient China and mythology. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. And I just loved 
museums. I love that there are these stories behind these things that seem so mundane. Like this pen, let's pretend like this pen is in a museum exhibit. And it's like, this was Angie's pen. And then they tell a story about Angie and you're like, wow, it's more than just a pen. Like there's a whole person connected to it. And I think that's really cool. Hmm. Neat. So you mentioned your first master's. So I yes. take it there's more than one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually working on my second. Well, I it's kind of like second and third. I don't know how to really describe it. It's kind of a double major at Ball State. It is the first half is adult and community education. And then the other half is executive development for public service. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I'll be graduating in December. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, well, that's congratulations. Exciting. It's Thank like right you. around the corner. Yeah. yeah. And then I will be going to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just like everybody that wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> Perfect. Well, tell us about organizations and things here in Muncie you're involved in. Well, obviously, I'm part of Cornerstone Center for the Arts. That's been since June, and I totally love it there. I have so much fun. It's really good fit for me. You know, I spent a really long time trying to get into the museum field, and I was in the museum field for a while there, but it never felt right, like perfect. And then I got this job, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. I was totally like Audia as a kid. I loved art and I drew things and I shared with my art with everybody. And so getting to be someone who leads educational initiatives at an arts organization is like so great for me. <laughs> I love it. It's it's really enjoyable. What keeps you here in Muncie? Other than just the job. Yeah. Other than other than just the job. I actually really, really like it here. I've had a lot of people say, like, why would you move here? <laughs> like, first of all. Well, you've been to Seattle. That's why. Yeah. I know. And you decided to come and here. terrible there. It's actually, only that way three months out of the year. Seattle here. was actually pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I hated living there. And what's really sad is that was, like, my dream to live there. Because, like I said, I grew up in California. And it's very dry there. It's essentially a desert state. And so the idea of a place where it rained all the time. I was like, I'm going there. But I actually got there and I hated it. And that was disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) But I I came here for a job about five years ago. And, you know, I don't want to be like stereotypical, but I'm like, wow, Midwestern people are actually really nice. (laughs) We try to be. Yeah. And I'm like, is it fake? Is it real? (laughs) Because in in Seattle, they have something called the Seattle Chill, where it's like they pretend they're polite but they're not nice they're like too cool for you yeah 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 Yeah. and and it's like just say no say you don't want to hang out with me i don't care (laughs) (laughs) don't be like oh yeah maybe we'll hang out no um but i really like it here i think people are genuinely nice i like the the more small town atmosphere a lot um i have lived in big cities and small cities and this really it reminds me a lot actually of my undergraduate town of chico because like we have the the big university presence and we also just have like a really cute downtown and i love that i'm gesturing even though we're on a podcast of people <laughs> are, like probably that's all right <laughs> but um i i love that there's like a genuine sense of community here that i think people are really trying to maintain in the five years that i've been here Muncie, especially downtown, has gotten so much nicer and like so many new businesses. And I feel like people are really trying and they want it to be a nice place. When I first got hired at Cornerstone and I was, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I told them about, you know, my degree and the one that I'm working on. They're like, oh, you won't be here long. And I was like, whoa, first of all, I've been here for like two days. (laughs) Thanks. But 
I was like, that's not really a good attitude to have. It's like, maybe people like this kind of place and they want to make it a better place and provide opportunities for people. So I just, I like it here. Also, it's cheap. That's <laughs> true. Good cost of living around Especially here. Especially compared to Seattle. Well, that's, that's for <laughs> sure. Sorry to anybody out there who lives in Seattle, but. I don't think we have a big Seattle listener base, so I think we're well, safe. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, just in case. No, it was about 10 years ago, there was a kind of a bumper sticker saying about Muncie, and it was, Muncie, we're trying. You know, so, I think that's fair. I, I mean, we are trying. It's it, And it's working. You know, yes. we have yes. Salt and Cinnamon coming. Um, their new their new storefront. I'm really excited about that. We're Chocolate Deer. Yeah. I have some chocolate downtown. And I, I think it's going to be a coffee shop, too. I, like sipping coffee or yeah, something. Or like yeah. Or chocolate, sipping, sipping chocolate. Sipping chocolate. That's it. That sounds very fancy. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm like, I think, and just being down the road from us, I'm like, oh, man. Am I going to have to dress up for sipping chocolate? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the, the like. We got the barking cow down here, so ice yeah. cream. Ice cream. Oh, oh, man, I go to the barking cow a lot. <laughs> it's so close to work. This is the first time I've been so close to downtown, um, like living in Muncie and working in Muncie. And so there's so many cool things just to go over to and just check out. I love that. Absolutely. Audia used to go to preschool down here at Angels on High. So I would walk down there, pick her up, and then we'd go to the Barking Cow (laughs) or we'd go to the Children's Museum or whatever. So she feels like she like owns this downtown area. She's like, I own this. This is my town. I know where I'm going. Thank you, mom. (laughs) She's going to be, she listens to this podcast and she's going to be so mad at me that I'm talking about her like this. <laughs> Hi, Audia. Hi, Audia. You're one of my favorite kids from camp. <laughs> no, she really was. Like, I talk about her a lot and how much fun she had now. Like, she just had a great time. She had a good attitude. Well, good. She's getting a little personality now. She does. She has a lot of personality. Yeah. yeah. I like it is that about lot, her. But I said a little. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. It's great. It's going to serve her well when she is an adult. It's going to be great. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so what do you like to do for fun? I don't know. Fun. What's Disneyland. that? Fun. Disneyland. Yeah. Sounds like, I, love right? I love going to Disney, but I obviously can't do that all the time. I'm actually kind of a boring person. I, um, I like gardening, and I like tea, and I like my cats. Tea. Now, talk to me about that. Is Let's that talk. loose loose leaf tea from <laughs> overseas or what? Oh my goodness! <laughs> so let's talk tea. Let's let's spill the tea. Um, <laughs> uh, I like. I am non-discriminatory about my teas. I do. I have gotten into decaf tea a lot more mm. recently, just because too much caffeine and cookies. Mm-hmm. Angie knows. I what's know, up. but um, <laughs> does you in? <laughs> Makes you bounce but, off the walls. Um, I uh, I actually bought some loose leaf tea from a vendor at the farmers market in Minatrista last weekend. I think it was a newer vendor. I'm so sorry, I forgot her name, but I got this really cool bag of like heart healthy tea, and so it has things like chamomile and rose and all kinds of good stuff. Now, have you looked into reading the tea leaves or anything? I have like not, that? but that's that's perfect for the season, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Like, it's fall. Yeah. We can yeah, do that. Yeah, I have not. Have you read tea leaves? I have not no i think maybe that could be a class that could be a class at cornerstone that could, could be, a, be absolutely. at cornerstone <laughs> perfect i love it <laughs> so how many cats do you have i have two okay what are their names their names are pepper and apollo okay they're both big giant fluffy babies 
Pepper is a black cat, and he is a maybe Siberian forest cat, which is a very large monster-like cat. And um, when I was coming back from overseas, um, when you travel through airports with pets, I'm not sure with dogs actually, but with cats, you have to take them out of the carrier and carry them through security. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I took him like out. That could be a whole thing. It was a whole thing. <laughs> it was a thing. <laughs> and Pepper, despite his terrifying demeanor, he is the biggest, sweetest, scary cat baby. And so I take this big monster cat out of the carrier and I'm like holding him. The security guards start freaking out. They're like terrified of him, but only the men, like they are freaking out. They're like, oh my God, this is a demon. (laughs) Whereas the lady security guards are like, oh, he's so beautiful. And they're petting him and he's having a great time. But the guys there were like, no. Hard monster cat. Hard pass on this cat. And then my other cat, Apollo, he is a doll-faced Persian, and so he doesn't have as squishy of a face. (laughs) And um, he's white with blue eyes, and he's my baby, and I love him. He's listening. He's going to make him listen to this, and he'll be like, oh, (laughs) you're talking about me. But he's like, I'll hold him like a little baby. Scratch his chin. I love my cats. They don't go outside, though, because um, I kind of live near a farm. Well, everybody kind of does here, don't they? Yes. <laughs> You're 10 minutes from the, from the country. Here. Right? Yeah. So they don't go outside because I have seen wildlife in my backyard. And I'm like, I do not want that mixing with these cats. <laughs> the, yeah, that's true. We do live on a farm. And yeah. yeah. There is wildlife abundant. That's for sure. We had a skunk this past year. That was oh new. I, oh. caught, I caught the skunk. You caught in the skunk. On accident. We didn't by accident. mean to. And that was a heck of a story. But that's for another time. You're probably like, mm, this is one ugly cat. <laughs> We were aiming for raccoons, but we accidentally <laughs> got the skunk instead. So tell me something's on your bucket list. Hmm, that's a good question. Okay, this is a really random bucket list thing. But um, a long time ago, in what I like to call my wayward youth, I saw this magazine. It was at my one of my first museum jobs, actually, an anthropology museum. And I was flipping through it, and there was this interview with this guy in Fiji who makes ukuleles from scratch. And it's something that's been passed down in his family for, I don't know, like hundreds of years or something. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to go to Fiji. I want to buy one of these ukuleles from this guy <laughs> and learn how to play it. I guess they're they're actually slightly different from the ones that you can get in Hawaii. So, like, I guess ukuleles are a Polynesian sort of thing. And I always assumed it was just from Hawaii. But, yeah, apparently in Fiji they they make them and i'm like i'm gonna go do that (laughs) i think that's really cool (laughs) sounds better than like jumping out of an airplane or something like that some people say that i have no interest in that my other bucket list thing when i retire i'm going to okay so cappadocia it is one of the longest um not populated but um human establishments in the world like humans have been there in turkey since the paleolithic times and there are these cave houses that people just like carve into the stone. It's tufa stone, so it's kind of like pumice, so it's very easy to carve. I wanna build a cave house and make cheese. That's okay. what I'm gonna do. That's, gonna, that's my retirement plan. <laughs> okay, So, so, make so would that be called turkey cheese or? It would, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I think you're trying to be funny, husband. <laughs> that's a dad joke. Let's see, in Turkish, I think cheese is paneer. Paneer. Yeah. Okay. okay. Kind of like an Indian. Now, is that a goat, goat milk or uh, some other? Some other an, critter. An critter. <laughs> um, I've had goat cheese there, so similar to um, like feta. It's very good. Very good. So you're going to dig a dig a, dig a a hut. Yep. Make some cheese. Yes. Perfect. I think that sounds great. 
We've been watching Alone on uh, streaming Hulu, where they put these people out in, what, British Columbia, Vancouver area, and they drop them off in the woods, and they have to, like, survive. And they is make their that, own hut. Is and that then like they, that Naked and Alone show? It's like Naked and Afraid, but they're, they're not whatever. naked. They, they get 10 tools. <laughs> they can take 10 things. Yeah, they can take like a fishing like a hook yeah. or a sleeping bag or whatever. Oh, so they get to choose the 10 things. Yes. yes. They get to pick yes. the 10 things. Oh, my God. So, But they like plop up out there and then they're like catching fish or like one guy got scared by bears and like tapped out. He's like, I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, you people are crazy because I would not do like, mm-mm, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go in the first place. And if somebody made me do it, I would last like 10 minutes maybe. Well, see, like the thing, with, the thing in Cappadocia is that it's populated and it's like there's not going to be bears or anything. And so basically I would just buy a cave from someone, I think. Okay. Well, so I might not even have to dig it out myself. Well, that's more my speed then. If I, <laughs> I can get like an Airbnb kind of cave. I mean, something. I stayed in a beautiful Turkish cave hotel when I was there. It was really, really cool. Like they even had a pool and a veranda. It was wonderful. Oh, so well. it's very modern. It's not okay. like that's we're, more we're not like in paleo- Paleolithic times. We are modern times with electricity. I mean, they even had Wi-Fi. So don't worry. Okay. This is Wi-Fi modern- in the cave. This is modern cave living. Well, I'm down with that. Then. Yeah. If I can have Wi-Fi and electricity <laughs> and maybe like a toilet, running water, too. I would be yeah, good. We had running water and everything. Per- well, all right. It was great. Sign, sign me up. I don't might, even worry about it. Might come with you on your bucket list. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. you can come. You can visit. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know if I won't live there forever, but <laughs> that would be fun. So, what gets you excited about life? Everything. Everything. <laughs> I I am I am easily amused by things. Um, like there's this house that's across the street from Cornerstone that uh, an orange cat lives at. He's always on the patio sleeping, and so I like check to see if he's there when I like come into work. And then the other day, he had a friend, and I just like made my whole day i was like you have a friend i i love cats cats get me i'm very excited about cats okay. All right. and i follow you on social media so i yes. see the bitmojis that yes you do. i love bitmojis I they're do my too. favorite <laughs> but you post like almost daily a different bitmoji which i think is great i yeah i do post a lot of bitmojis i i find them amusing and um I've not posted as many selfies as I used to. I'm not really sure why. I just kind of stopped taking pictures of myself for whatever reason. But Bitmojis, I, they're fun to like express yourself when you're just like, oh, I'm riding on a turtle or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bitmojis. I send them to my 17-year-old. He does not find it amusing. He I try to invite I'm everybody <laughs> to like get one too because like if you – have their like contact info then you can have a bitmoji together and it's very fun <laughs> i know on snapchat that uh i've done that where they have little bitmoji stories yeah! and then they like build a story around your two bitmojis yeah but then holding won't be my friend on snapchat because i'm lame i'm old and he won't be my friend so i can't have bitmojis but you can do him. it you can do it through the bitmoji app oh, okay. itself like don't even do it through snapchat like go into the bitmoji and then see if other people have the app and then you can be like here we are getting coffee you know kind of thing <laughs> perfect i've taken bitmojis and i put them in my powerpoint presentations yes, which is probably does. not the most professional thing to do but well, i don't one of care. my teachers for summer camp actually he i guess there's a bitmoji website and you can create comics and he made comics of shakespeare to share with the kids <laughs> because we had a, a little um we had a thing about shakespeare and acting and he showed it to me and they were like little bitmojis of romeo and juliet 
<laughs> I love that. That's fabulous. I love so it. So there's many uses for Bitmojis. <laughs> Perfect. Now, you've been at the Cornerstone for a couple of months now, at yep. least. Anything weird up there in the third floor area? Oh, my God. It's so spooky. weird. It's so spooky. Have you spooky. had any ghostly experiences? I think I might have had a ghostly experience. I'm, I'm highly suspicious of the ghostly experience I might have had. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> possibly. So, for people that don't know this, um, 3M at Cornerstone is actually kind of an abandoned haunted house very spooky up there the third floor is also spooky um just in general in yeah. general oh, yeah, yeah. especially that one side with all not only the red room oh my gosh the, the red room is so scary I love but the all red those room. closet I, rooms yeah i do not go in the red room unless i have to it's so creepy to me it's as scary as the haunted house um, <laughs> i always say if i got married again which i'm never gonna do because i'm married to matt and if he died i'm we not can getting renew married our again vows in yes house. i would get married in the red room i think it's amazing <laughs> i love it it's so creepy <laughs> It is creepy, but that's why I like it. Um, but we were talking about, myself and my education coordinator, we were talking about ghost stories because, you know, people always like, they're like, oh, is this place haunted? It's very creepy, whatever. And we were talking about, oh, yeah, ghosts are so interesting. And this light like went out near us. Oh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so They were listening. They, were li- they wanted I, to I, make their presence known. I think the ghosts were listening. I think so. They've had some like ghost hunts and yeah, and yeah. There Actually, we we were hoping to get um, some ghost hunters out for the wonderful world of Ouija event that's coming up. Yes, and um, unfortunately, they're not going to be able to make it for that. But they're they're talking about possibly coming out on their own as like a special thing. So I'm really hoping that happens. I think that'd be really Very cool. Interesting, pretty cool. So what is this wonderful world of Ouija? I, I have seen the posters around. They're town. cool, aren't they? They are cool. They I totally want my one. Interest. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't run events at Cornerstone, so I am tangentially associated with them. I just kind of know about things. And so the Wonderful World of Ouija is this um, one-night event that we're having. It is going to be a pop-up museum with over 100 years' worth of different Ouija board um, associated like artifacts. And then a talk about it. And then I think they're actually going to do a seance. Interesting. So that's fun. And just so many people have some kind of connection with Ouija boards. We all have the story where somebody like took it out and was going to burn it and it burst into flames and the devil shot out of it and all kinds of weirdness. I don't because they were, they were the devil and we were definitely not allowed to associate with them. <laughs> But everyone else does, yes. My, my Ouija board experience is not as exciting as all that. Um, my friends and I had one at a sleepover. Mm-hmm. And um, we were playing with it. And then we started hearing this like weird moaning and spooky sounds. And we're like, what is that? And then we investigate. And it was my friend's dad outside the window making serious sounds because they didn't want us to play with the Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't I'm not sure if I'm going to go to the Ouija board event just because I'm going to be the one who has to deal with the ghost after, you know, Yeah, you don't want to tick them off. I don't want to tick them off. So I'll just, you know, be like, hey, that wasn't me, man. Yeah, it wasn't me. I'm not trying to like, we don't need to stir (laughs) up any poltergeist. Yeah, yeah. And now it's time for lightning round. Quick questions and quick answers. Number one question. What's your favorite band or artist? Uh, Josh Groban. Okay. I've had a crush on him since high school. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> you raised me up, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you an early bird or night owl? 
Oh my gosh, I'm such an early bird. I get so much done in the morning. If I could get up earlier without any like detriment to my ability to be perky, <laughs> I totally would. I get so much done in the morning. I'm definitely an early bird. I drink coffee just cause I think at this point, I think it's like a ritual, but I don't really need it. I am the most morningest person ever. I used to open for Starbucks. That was one of my jobs back in the day. And we got more tips in the morning because of me, because you know people walk in it's like four in the morning and they're like truckers or whatever and they're like hey get, get coffee and i'd be like hi and they'd be like oh i'm awake now <laughs> but they loved it because they were just like wow you're in such a good mood <laughs> oh, perfect now when do you have your tea then i have my tea at any time because it is decaf Okay. Okay. I didn't know if you were an afternoon tea. I, I tend to have tea around. Okay. So back when I was working from home, I, I had like this, again, a ritual. I have like a beverage associated rituals. Probably because <laughs> I'm a Pisces. Um, so water. Like around 10, I would always make some decaf green tea. And I had like this one cup that I specifically use. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Matt Howell is very similar. He likes to drink tea. Now it's not loose leaf or anything fancy, but peppermint tea. Peppermint tea. Oh, I love he peppermint tea. He loves to have peppermint tea, tea in it's the office. It's so good. And it smells good. It does yes. smell good. And he had a, cu- a a mug that he used and then someone stole it. And <laughs> Somebody broke, I think somebody broke my mug and didn't want to fess up. Oh, no. Because it just disappeared. It disappeared. And I even made like a wanted. I paid, I paid a lot of money for that mug. It was a maker here in Muncie that I bought it off oh of. Oh, my gosh. That was my favorite mug. And I drank my peppermint tea out. And I now you don't Feel sorry it. for me. Right? I do feel right? sorry for you. No, I And I made a little wanted poster, like, please return our missing mug. And I left it up for like a week. And like, it didn't show back up. So. Nope. Well, I feel you because I broke my favorite mug that I had been drinking my green tea out of. And um, it was just like one of the those days where everything was going badly and i was just like devastated i'm done yeah Boom. yeah pretty much i was done for the day i was like i can't i can't do anything because this this mug is broken it's very difficult i, I understand your pain <laughs> what's your favorite book my favorite book is sabriel by garth nix he is a fantasy author and it is a series about a young woman who is a necromancer stay with me who controls the dead using bells Okay. And it's sweet. Yeah, it's really freaking cool. Does she wear gloves with the bells? She does not. (gasps) (laughs) That's like sacrilegious with bells. (laughs) Well, she has this cool like bandolier that she wears and they each have a, each, she has seven bells and each one has a different meaning and like use. And so they do different things to the dead. It's very cool. (laughs) Interesting. Have you ever met anyone famous? Oh, yes, I have met. I've met a bunch of famous people. I, I spent a summer in Hollywood, which was a very interesting experience. Um, Give me some names. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I have met Chris Kattan. I actually met him at Disneyland. Oh, okay. And Vin Diesel. I literally bumped into Vin Diesel by accident because he was at the um, Guardians of the Galaxy premiere. And I worked at Madame Tussauds um, Wax Museum at the time. <laughs> and it was like, oh, oops, sorry, Vin Diesel. And he's like, very tall. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and let's see. I have met, what's her name? Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Ooh, okay. I met her. I met Lou Ferrigno. Um, the Hulk. The Hulk. Yes. Sorry. The Hulk. That's the like the original Hulk, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, Our older audience. <laughs> the olds will get it. Um, I've met. Oh, gosh. I used to um, I used to be go to conventions a lot, like comic book conventions and things. And I I met a bunch of famous people. Oops. I hit the table. Sorry, listeners. So I met a bunch of uh, famous people from there. I've 
John DiMaggio is a really cool guy. He does a lot of voice acting, and so he was Bender in Futurama. He's okay. Jake yeah. the dog in uh, Adventure Time. And he, he's done a bunch of stuff, and he was so nice. Like, I waited in line for about an hour to meet him, and he was really cool. What's your guilty pleasure? You know, I don't, I don't like that phrase. I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> okay. Because it's not guilty? Sure, sure. I, I don't think you should be guilty about things that you enjoy. Okay. So if I had to say something that was a guilty pleasure. Oh, I, I really got into fountain pens recently. So like those fancy pens that you fill up with ink and have yeah. the, the nib and everything. I really got into those recently. And so I have this one pen that I like use at meetings or like when I have like important guests and stuff. Where do you I, get said pen? Well, that was a gift, but you can get them from places like Jet Pens or Goulet Pens. There's it, there's a whole community, like a fandom of there's fountain a pen pen. community. Yes, okay. there's actually an Indianapolis um, fountain pen club. I don't oh. know if they're still active, but they were a couple years ago. They were really interesting because you like would go to the meetup and you'd bring all your pens wow. and. Uh, <laughs> um, I only have one pen, so I was like, "This is the pen I have." Here's my one pen. So my favorite pen is the Pilot G2. <laughs> he will a gel on, pen. <laughs> he will only write with these, and exactly. I don't care. I just grab whatever pen is next to me. See, and I, I will think use it. I think Matt is ripe for the pen community because, like, he has a particular pen that he likes. So oh, yeah. I mean, if we, you find me the right pen, you I can will, definitely get into the fountain. I can't pen. use a bit anymore. Like it's it's out. Of the these question. are nice pens. I do like those a lot. I also I, like free pens. Free <laughs> pens. <laughs> That's true. Any free pen is a good pen. I only like blue ink pens. Really, I don't. I like, have one of these. That I don't is like black blue. ink. You don't like black ink. You know, there's a lot of different color inks out there. And um, Art Mart over by Ball State, they actually have a small collection of inks and fountain pens. If you want to check those out, there's do, a. Do they have some Pascas or Poscas? Whatever. I don't know if they have Poscas. <laughs> I could ask Karen for you. I go over there all the time for Cornerstone. And also because they have a cat. Have you guys met their cat? Have not. But we interviewed Karen on the podcast a couple uh, last year, maybe. Yeah. And yeah, she talked about the cat. And all yeah, that. the new cat, Rain. He's very nice. I carry him around the store. I don't know if I'm supposed to, but I do it anyway. Are you there a lot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, you know, my boss is like, hey, we need some, you know, paint brushes or something. I'm like, I'm going to Art Mart. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Oh, I have so many favorite movies. Well, you seem like a fantasy person. I do. I Yeah, I'm a big fantasy person. So I love Lord of the Rings. Those okay. movies, I went to like the opening night of every single one. I dressed up. Big time nerd. Um, Who do you dress up like? Just like a generic elf. Okay. You know, I'm not... I don't actually have a character that I dress up as. But um, I have been described as elfin by multiple like people randomly throughout my life so i'm like okay middle earth so you identify with i definitely identify yeah with middle earth big time (laughs) i mean okay i also like pirates of the caribbean i also really like i like most disney movies i would say majority of them i'm do you have disney plus or not i do have disney plus okay yeah i actually had to buy a new tv to get disney plus because my tv was too old to run that app (laughs) (laughs) i specifically went and i was like does this do disney plus (laughs) Wow. So important, important things to It have. is important. <laughs> What's your hidden talent? What's something you can do that maybe a lot of people don't know? Oh, um, I can clap really loudly. Okay. <laughs> That's a good skill to have. Um, what else? I think I'm really good at making coffee. Now, making coffee like the machine or no, like no. French press? So again, I, I used to work for Starbucks and I was yeah. like oh, working yeah. on um, becoming a coffee master, which is a big deal there. And um, French press is French press. the way okay. I go for sure. Oh, I tend to win things a lot, like drawings. 
you know, like, or door prizes. So naturally lucky. I I think I'm becoming more naturally lucky because I was not very lucky for like a long time. I I think I had like a bad luck streak, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's the corn. Well, I'm going to give you $2 and you go buy a Powerball ticket for me. Let's see if we win. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I tend, you know, whenever I go to like Women in Business or um, Muncie on the Move, things like that, I always seem to win a door prize. I don't. Like, it's gotten to the point where my friends are like, oh, what'd you win today? You know, when they know that I've gone to a thing. Like, it's not even, did you win? It's like, what'd you get this time? Nice. I like that. Do you sing in the shower? No, I I do not sing in the shower. But my, my cat Apollo likes to get in the shower. Okay. He really likes water. Does he sing? He does sing. He sings in my face. <laughs> he actually, he, he's more of a yeller. Okay. <laughs> I actually, he loves the water. It's very strange. I've never seen a cat that liked water that much. Like, he likes to get in there and he likes to have, like, a little bath. Hmm. It's mm, very funny. <laughs> now, do you sing in the car? Yes. Okay. I do. Now, what do you jam out to? Oh, um, I, I Josh jam. Josh Groban? He's not really a jamming <laughs> kind of guy. He's I'm like, going to say, when you're thumping down the road, like, yeah, I that, just don't Josh Groban is more like when I drink my tea, yeah, you know, okay. like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a chill out time. Right. Um, I I really like chill step. It is kind of like a offshoot of like dubstep that's more um chill really chill. like yeah. it's instrumental doom, 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 doom. yeah yeah and there Drum might be like bass. like rain sounds or something like that i really oh. enjoy that i like most music so i if it's good i'll listen to it <laughs> okay star wars or star trek star wars please okay. <laughs> Thank you <very> much. <laughs> favorite character in star wars ahsoka tano Oh, okay. She, is, she she made a big splash of this past year. Yeah. So um, the pandemic was a really primo time for me to get into Star Wars. I, you know, it had been kind of like on my periphery for a really long time because um, don't at me, okay? <laughs> Star Wars is fantasy in space. And I, th- this is the hill yes. I'm going to die on. <laughs> no, I agree so, with that. So, you know, I was like, why didn't I like, like, what wasn't I into it? There's so much. And so I watched all of the Clone Wars cartoon and I really related to Ahsoka. I loved her story and how she walked away from the Jedi after they betrayed her. And she just came back in Mandalorian. And I was just like, oh, Ahsoka, my queen. <laughs> I love her so much. All right. This Absolute is fave. Nerd talk that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I knew she was going to go there. No, for real though, like girl power. All of the auxiliary like Star Wars stuff has so much awesome girl power, like really cool female characters. And there's awesome bald evil Sith lady in um, the Clone Wars, um, Asajj Ventress. Yes. She's awesome. Okay. So I'm her. down. I'm down with all that, but that's okay. It's awesome. As long as they have evil women, you're okay with it. Well, strong women. They don't have to be evil, but strong. Yes, I appreciate There's that, lots of so. awesome strong ladies. Actually, um, if I dressed up from Star Wars, I'd actually be Mon Mothma because um, she looks exactly like me. Okay. There's a deep cut for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to look that one up. I don't, I don't, I don't even know that one. I'm... What's your most used emoji? Or bitmoji, as the case may be. (laughs) I I like to use the, here's your 10 points of self-awareness bitmoji a lot. (laughs) Okay. Wow. But but it's not in a mean way. It's in like a congratulatory way for other people like when they when they do things when there's like, oh, I've been conscientious. Um, But for like an actual emoji, 
That's a hard one. I do use the like crying laughing face a lot. I like to use maybe abuse the sparkle one. <laughs> okay. Everybody needs more sparkle in their life. I so agree. I, think that's I really okay. like the sparkle emoji. Well, thank you for bringing your sparkle in today. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Oh, thank you. So you've been on the internet again. I have been. Shocker, I know. So what is it this time? Oh. BuzzFeed or Ranker? Uh, not, neither one. Actually, what? this is Cracked.com, which oh. is my third favorite place to find random <laughs> information and all of that. So today we're talking about sinister origins behind common customs and expressions. Okay, okay. Give me an example. So driving on the right-hand side of the road. Uh, most Americans do it. Yes, the rest of the world does not. British? No. No, but we do. Was for shooting while driving. What? It started with walking and continued with covered wagons. Travelers would hold their guns in the crook of their left arms and stay to the right of the road or path so they could keep their weapons trained on on oncoming traffic. So you would see a robber or something coming at you and you just... You could just blast them. Blast them. Yeah. (laughs) But if you're on the left-hand side of the road... You well, couldn't do that. I guess that's so you could see on like oncoming traffic. Now, if the robber was on your left hand side, then I guess I don't know. Maybe see, just another reason why the British never got it right. I don't know. They've been around a lot longer than we have, so right. they must be doing something saying. okay over there. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the handshake. Handshake. Okay. It proved that you were unarmed. Uh, because here's so my hand. What hand- about my left hand? What if I can I have a gun in then? Oh, I don't know. Hold on. Let's see. The hand clasp showed that your hand was empty and that sh- the shaking motion was meant to dislodge any weapons you had up your sleeve. Oh, okay. Traditionally done with the right hand, which is your weapon-carrying hand, not the left hand, which is your poop-wiping hand. What? <laughs> That's what it says. Your left hand is your poop-wiping hand? Yes, in especially in ancient times and stuff like that. You're, yeah. you're, you always used your left hand because your like, right hand was for eating, shaking hands, doing like... Things that you wanted to keep clean. What about, because, left, what about left-handed well, people those, back then? Those people were hosed. It didn't matter. <laughs> they, they made them be right-handed anyway, even if they didn't want to be. So, But you wiped with your left hand because we didn't have soap and all that kind of stuff. So that was like the dirty hand. So you had a clean hand and a dirty hand. That is not even from cracked. That's oh my just gosh. knowledge I, I, I already. I learned something new today. Knowledge I had in my head already. Go wash your hands right now. We should all be washing <laughs> our hands. Has this last two years not told us anything? Everyone should be washing their hands. <laughs> Especially that left one. <laughs> Apparently, scrub it extra good. <laughs> Deadline was a literal Deadline. line of death. What do you mean? During the Civil War, Union soldiers were held in Andersonville Prison, a prisoner of war camp with 17-foot-tall fences. The deadline was an invisible perimeter 12 feet inside the fence, and any prisoner who crossed it was shot dead by the guards. Wow. Inside the fence. Like, they were inside the fence. Ruthless. <laughs> I know. Why are you going to shoot me? I'm inside the fence. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but I think they really wanted to make sure they didn't, like, try to escape. So they just did. Tossing the garter was to protect the bride's gown. What? In the 14th century, it was traditional to consummate the marriage while guests waited. As the couple made their way to the bedroom, guests would tear off some of the fabric from the bride's gown for good luck, and her dress would wind up shredded. That sounds like a bad deal. That sounds like a bad deal all around for and, everybody. And just a little weird. Like, uh, hey. Covering your mouth when you yawned was to protect your soul from demons. Oh, I thought that was just courtesy. Like, my bad breath is not 
spewing out into and nobody the wants ether. to see like your gaping mouth hole like while you're yawning exactly but well, that was to hold your soul in huh? well some early cultures feared that the devil could enter the body through a yawn and others believed that yawning allowed the soul to escape early physicians even told mothers to cover their babies yawns so demons couldn't get in and their baby souls couldn't leak out so was that your right hand or poop hand probably your non-poop hand <laughs> <laughs> I just love how every conversation I have anymore just has to be about poop somewhere. Bulldozer. Bulldozer. That is a piece of equipment. Yes, but it used to be a racist person with a whip. A bulldozer. Yes. In the early days after the Civil War, Louisiana vigilantes wanted to prevent newly freed slaves from voting. So they'd hunt them down and flog them with a bullwhip. Also known as giving them a dose of the bull. And those men were known as bulldozers. That's terrible. That that's horrible. Yes. Everything's about being racist, man. Well, yeah, it was a big part of America. <laughs> True. We've come a long way, baby. Oh, just not far we enough. We just got a ways to go, but okay, okay. Blue blood. Blue blood. Okay. Means a pale-skinned racist. I thought it meant like the police. Blue bloods. Well, that's what. Wasn't there a show named that? It had Tom Selleck in it. Oh, probably Tom yeah. Selleck. Yeah. But anyway, so pale-faced racist. Yes, in the 15th century, so a long time ago, Castilians, I don't know who that is, wanted to prove their superiority over darker-skinned races. So they made a big deal about their sangre azul, or blue blood. Their evidence, their bluish veins that were visible through their pale skin, like mine. <laughs> so just a bunch of pale people. Yeah. <laughs> Stars upon theirs. Exactly. Bridesmaids in a wedding? Yeah. They were to distract evil spirits. Oh, not not just for... Like the groomsmen to look at? Uh, no, I don't think so. In ancient Rome, <laughs> the bride's friends would all dress up exactly like the bride in order to confuse evil spirits and keep them from harming the bride. So okay. they were like really the evil spirit bait. So it's kind of like in The Phantom Menace when Queen Amidala has all of her you know, minions that are all dressed and look like her. I don't, I don't know. It's a Star Wars reference. I understand it's a Star Wars reference. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, but I know where you're coming from. So becoming an adult at 21 years old? Yeah. That was because you were old enough to wear armor. In medieval times, a man was considered an adult when his body could bear the weight of armor. Plus, multiples of seven were considered divine at that time. So boys could become pages at seven, squires at 14, and knights at 21. Interesting. I know. Okay, now we've talked about a couple wedding things. Yeah. Here's another one. The best man at the wedding. Okay. Helps the groom kidnap the bride kidnap her. <laughs> i guess they're ripping he's my best man <laughs> he's must let's get her let's kidnap the bride you got the chloroform <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> in the dark ages men would pillage their brides from neighboring communities apparently it took two men to get it done that's terrible too all these are terrible <laughs> well you know kudos to the girls it took two men to take her down well <laughs> oh, oh, I don't, oh, my feminist self does not like this. <laughs> the seven-year itch. Yes. Refers to scabies. What? Yes. <laughs> I thought that really referred to something else. Well, although the term has come to describe spouses who develop a wandering eye after seven years of marriage, the phrase originally referred to the rash. Untreated scabies literally last for seven years <laughs> or more. Seven years of scabies? <laughs> That's what or more. You could have a lifetime of scabies. They didn't have nail polish back then or what? That's for... No, that's not scabies. That's jiggers. 
<laughs> I'm not sure what scabies is, but <laughs> it's a rash. I thought scabies was lice that get under your skin. I don't know. We're gonna oh, fi- you're going to look at We're going to find out. Yes. Scabies. Healthyskinguide.com. Ew. Ew. Oh, I didn't ask to see pictures. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> scabies is a skin condition that is caused by the type of mite. It's very contagious. Scabies mites burrow or tunnel under the outer layer of skin. Scabies causes pimple-like irritations known as the scabies rash. These mites lay eggs under the skin and feed on blood. They are about the size of a pinhead and are nearly transparent and you cannot see them. So not lice, <gasps> they're mites. They're mites. Okay, I think that's that's enough. I I've... think we might be done. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to end it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook just by searching goneboss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone gone boss.